Hello and welcome back to the Skull Football Talk Show. I'm your host, Luke Schwant. Joining the show now is an elite football analyst who has been featured on Fox 9, Paul Allen's morning show, 9 to Noon, and other podcasts. He also produces his own content on YouTube and Instagram. Please welcome JJ Vikings. How's it going? It's going great. And just to start off, couple questions here what was it like being featured on fox 9 and paul allen's morning show it was amazing you know they're such great people um i have to give my thank yous to um hannah flood alex kendall that whole fox 9 crew they're wonderful people and they're another reason why minnesota is a great community and with hardworking people and uh, paul allen is another example of that you know the thing about Paul Allen is he's such a such a fun guy, just oh, yeah. so fun. And when you talk to him, you know he's an analyst, but you just feel like you want to take out like 10, 20% of that professionalism and replace it with fun, considering yeah. how great of a person that he is. And that, I feel like, is is what really um, makes me appreciate him the most is he's not, he's not a serious guy. He's really fun, you know, mm-hmm. so he's one of those fun analysts, and I always love those guys who, you know, who are fun. And you also mentioned that you got to tour the Vikings facility. Can you share your experiences with that? It was absolutely amazing. You know, all, um, a lot of things packed into like into four days, you know, that trip to Minnesota, like four or five days. Um, in the facility, the first person that I met was actually the person that gave us a, t- a tour. So there were two people named Heather and Scott who gave me a tour of the facility. And there was also, I met Najee Thompson in the facility too. Nice. And He's a UDFA, so not many people are gonna recognize him. But I feel like I, I feel like, you know, when I did recognize him, he felt special that he had that one fan that would know who he who he is. So, um, it was got it was amazing to do that. And then met Tatum Everett in the facility in the in the facility. Sat down, had like a ten to eleven minute interview with her. Um, it's on my YouTube channel. And, you know, before that, I met Gabe Henderson at, at Paul Allen's Friday Football Feast, and then. Just just being in that whole facility, checking the whole thing out, it's so big. It's so big. And yeah. uh it's 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 really nice. You know, there's no place like like Minnesota, and there's no place like being born in Minnesota. Having that being my home, I'm just so uh so thankful, so grateful to have a home like that. Yeah, I think Najee Thompson, he's a great he's a great player, great gunner. He's made a lot of huge splash plays this year, even as a UDFA, getting that opportunity making big plays in the preseason, locking his spot down on the 53. And before we get into kind of reviewing the 2023 Minnesota Vikings season, do you want to talk a little bit about how your love for the Minnesota Vikings started and how you got into producing content? Uh, Well, at about five months old, my biological father passed away. Mm. Um, And then when I grew up to be like five years old when I was about like five years old. My stepdad came into the family. He introduced me to football. He was a big Vikings fan at the time or like still is, but was a big Vikings fan. When he was a kid and he passed the knowledge of football on to me. And then I took it and ran with it. And now I'm smarter than he is at it. And and then I, I, I decided to take that and put it into the use of content, uh, which I got the actual YouTube channel in 2022 um, September 10th. Um, 
which that same year when I got the channel, I had no idea that a year later I'd be going to a Vikings game, you know, so that was a huge um, thing for me as well. So um, really happy about that. And getting into last season now, which kind of seems like a eternity ago. I mean, it was only a couple weeks ago, but back in the start of it when Kirk was still playing and it was looking like the, the greatest show on turf. Um, who do you think were the best players from that year? Two offense, two defense, or really you can go in any direction you want. I'm afraid I might say more than two. Um, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Can one of them be Kirk? One of them can be Kirk. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, um, him and Justin Jefferson, just because, you know, first of all, Kirk, great, great player, a oh, yeah. phenomenal person, willing to help people out. And he was on on track to have an MVP caliber season if, if he if he didn't get injured, you know, and this season is so full of what ifs that, you know, it's it's really frustrating for us fans to have all these what ifs and not being able to be assured a, a win or a playoff spot. But the second guy, it's definitely Justin Jefferson. Like, what a dog! What a what a player! Like, oh, what yeah. an amazing, what an amazing player person. He's willing to do the dirty work for this team, and I, I really like that about him. You know, and he's a well, he's a selfless person and a team first guy. That's what I love about him as well. So, shout out to Justin Jefferson, the other JJ. And yeah, I mean, going into this season with Kirk, he was. There was so many people saying, oh, he it's his prove-it year. He has to, like with a lot of players when they're on their last year of their contract, if he doesn't prove and if he doesn't play like a top five, probably not going to get his money. And he's probably just going to fall into free agency and finish out his contract or finish out his NFL playing career somewhere else. But then we saw the first, what was it, 10 weeks of the season? He's just balling out putting up MVP MVP numbers. I know there were turnovers, but, and then when he got hurt, what he, what our team turned into then, it was almost like, oh, we're not a good team without Kirk Cousins and like Justin Jefferson. So we need him back. So it almost made an even bigger impact of his prove it year that he was hurt and that he couldn't make a difference. So I'm thinking with him, for the eight weeks that he couldn't play that almost made that might be the difference from him not getting that contract over him playing the full season out playing good football but then we don't see the other side of it of oh there's no Kirk Cousins and like what would the team be without him so like I mean it might be better for him contract and money wise that he didn't finish the season out. Are you agreeing with me there? Yeah. I feel like, you know, with, with kind of like cap and stuff like that, like money and you know, all that is important in this league. And I feel like I'm kind of learning a lot more now about the business side of the league, the financials and uh, what happens if you sign this player, what happens if you like, Oh, this player, how much like, debt or cap you have you have left to you know pay off but what i can say uh though is kirk's uh let's say he was gonna get a huge extension i feel like that kind of would have affected our cap uh, our cap hit a little bit you know and um 
just Kirk deserves the money. That's for sure. Oh yeah. And I feel like other teams, unfortunately for uh, unfortunately for us who lo- who like Kirk, it's unfortunate for us that there are other teams that are willing to pay Kirk the amount that we they can't. Have the cap. Yeah. Yeah. They do, and they don't have to pay guys like like Christian Darrison and Justin Jefferson and mm-hmm. re-sign Dalton Reisner. Um, Didn't probably gonna extend Cam Bynum in in like a in like a year or two. Uh, you know, because he's been balling too. Shout out Cam Bynum. Shout out the Philippines. Oh yes. Um, yes. he's been making it a movie. So glad that I met him. And also, just a lot of guys we have to pay, and a lot of guys that that have been balling out this year. You know, and I feel like with them. And Kirk, and we and remember we still have T.J. Hawkins' extension too. Like he's the highest paid tight end too in the NFL. So, uh, just lots of factors, lots of like lots of um, important parts of this team financially that can really um, kind of determine what's going to happen with Kirk's contract. And I don't see the Vikings giving him a big contract, and that hurts to say it. And I I want to also put in my part for who I think the technically four best players were from this year. So I also agree, Justin Jefferson, he makes everyone better. He, I think he elevates our backup quarterbacks a lot. And he also elevates Kirk just because he's, he's the reliable guy. I mean, if there's a ball that's anywhere near his like range of motion, range of like catching and stuff, he's going to get it. And it's not going to be a turnover. It's going to be a catch. And the Minnesota Vikings are going to get a huge first down just because of it. My other player on offense, I also met him. He's a great guy. Brian O'Neill, wasn't he the highest? I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was the highest graded, according to PFF, right tackle in the league last year. We have the best tackles in the league. Christian Darisaw, left tackle. He's been up there. He's been up there in the top five quite a bit. Um, Brian O'Neill, back in 2022, he had a 97% pass blocking rate, which was the highest in the league. Love Brian O'Neill. What a dog. What a what what a great mentality. He's he's a funny guy as well. And Christian Darisaw, you can just tell that he has that that strong mentality in him. Oh, yeah. you know, Christian Darisaw, but he can also be a funny guy too. You know, he has his funny moments as well. Um, but you know, we have a good we have a pretty good old line. You know, we bring back Dalton Reisner. Hopefully, let's get ourselves a physical, uh, offensive and defensive interior in the draft, and just go from there. And my defensive players for this, of course, got to start it off with Cam Bynum. He's a great guy. He hardly ever misses tackles when they're, like, within the 10-yard mark. I mean, he can just fly in and make plays. Then, obviously, he has his huge moments for interceptions, had the one against the Niners. The worm. My favorite play from that entire season was when he ended – that Niners game, because that was that was probably the most stressful game of last season. I mean, there's been a lot of them, just always being in a constant state of stress watching this team. But like, watch so that, fun too. I mean, like that was insane. And then the other guy, I mean, you got to give it to him, Daniel Hunter. He's been balling out. He's earned himself a contract extension and a pretty big one at that. If we do go that route, but I think. With all the sacks he's had, I think it was up to 13 and a half by the end of this year. Oh, um, he's, he's just an insane. Cough, cough, Josh Metellus, cough, cough, Josh Metellus. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oldest young hero for this year. 
for Unsung literally hero. everybody else that doesn't watch Minnesota Vikings. Yes, Josh Metellus, great player. Mr. Wildcard right there. He can play anywhere. He can he can do anything and he's he's gonna have himself a pretty nice career in Minnesota. And now moving on to the best and worst games of this season. We can go to the flip side now of the bad that has happened because there's obviously been a lot of it. I'll share my two. You sh- you can share your two for both of them. I think first up, that Saints game, man. That was special with Josh Dobbs just balling out, doing what he likes to do, doing all these fun, creative plays with like guys like Ty Chandler and then nice touchdown TJ Hawkinson. And then he had his rollout touchdown. I mean, that game was special. I saw it in person. It was it was electric. And I mean, they did have a little comeback there. The Saints did have a little comeback there at the end, but we were able to shut that down with multiple turnovers at the end of the game. So, and then number two for me, Niners game. Come on. It it was an amazing game. Like I don't, I couldn't really go any other route because we made Brock Purdy look bad. We pretty much shut down and turn over and turned over Christian McCaffrey. And we oh, yeah, Cam two. Bynum's the one that forced that fumble, too. Cam yes, Bynum, he he's a strong tackler for oh, his yeah. size. Oh, yeah. And also, Justin Jefferson balled out. Kirk Cousins balled out. And Wait, Justin Jefferson wasn't in that game against the Niners. Yeah, he was. He, played, the Niners. For most, he played for most of it. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, Chiefs. it was his last game. It was his last game. Against the Chiefs, that was his last game. Oh, it was against the Chiefs? Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That's when he hurt his hamstring week five. Yeah. Because it, it was one of those games. So Niners must have been week six. Well, whatever. Kirk still balled out. He made Jordan. Yeah, because that was the game that Jordan Addison, like, popped off. and Yeah, crazy uh-huh, and uh-huh, yeah. All of our other guys just, yeah, rose up and to the occasion and beat the Niners. So, JJ, who are your – what are the two games that you like the most? Uh – Vikings versus Niners and Vikings versus Falcons. I guess the Niners, everyone was balling out. Kirk Cousins didn't get sacked once by this Niners defense. Oh, yeah. And Jordan Addison ripping the ball away from from um from Traverius Ward's hands. Jordan Addison is an is also another definition of a, of, a, of an absolute um just dog. he's a dog. He's a great yeah. player. He's he's an absolute um. An absolute, I can't even find the words to describe how amazing of a player he is because, I mean, ripping the ball out of Jimmy, not Jimmy Ward, Traverius Ward's hands after he did the same thing to him, you know, that's what, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what good players do, you know, um, great, uh, hand-eye coordination, great job kind of slowing down to get the ball back after Kirk threw it kind of low, and then, you know, another play where, where Kirk Cousins was was sandwiched in the pocket, everyone and everyone, the whole world, the whole world watching that thought Kirk was going to get sacked, but Kirk steps through pressure, um, and then throws to Addison and gets the first down with like two minutes left. Obviously, the Niners get the ball back, but that's when Cam Bynum steps up, gets his second pick, happens to be the game winning pick, and then get, and then does the worm and makes it another yet another movie, and. Uh, the second one, Vikings versus Falcons, which was like two weeks after the Vikings Niners game. Josh Dobbs coming in, not even knowing like half the players. Probably had to learn the 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 the, uh, the script, the um, the playbook at at like halftime or the commercial break. 
Um, and coming in, doing what he did, that run for a touchdown, that two-point conversion throw to Tristan Jackson, that touchdown pass to Alexander Madison, like just all that played a big factor. And Josh Dobbs uh, showed his mobility a lot that game and definitely just got out of the pocket, made uh, made big plays when we needed them. Um, what a baller. And Josh Dobbs, you know, obviously um, it's just so amazing. You know, a guy who struggled with alopecia and then he, he stepped up, rose up to the challenge and succeeded um, and was finally like, I can't imagine how happy he was to finally be lifted up in the air by a team, by his, by his, by his team, you know, and just the second he walked into the, into the um, locker room after the Vikings Falcons game, he kind of, um, he kind of didn't know this, but I think that the whole line was, was planning a surprise for him. So the minute he, he walked in, they all grabbed him, put him on his shoulders and started yeah. celebrating. But what I do want to say is there's a, there's just kind of superstition where these Vikings players like Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, they were always drinking Gatorade before going and doing those game winning drives. So, um, you know, just Gatorade in a small cup before doing that. So I see you guys on Viking Twitter just, just going like, what are they putting in that Gatorade? You know, so, um, um, if they are putting something in it, keep putting in it, keep putting that in it because, you know, it's really helping our guys and really, um, just helping us win games, you know, and Josh Stobbs definitely won us, won us that game. And I want to switch gears now. I mean, there are obviously a lot of bad games, the three to zero Raiders game. And then we had the game with the multiple games with like four turnovers, but I think the two worst games from last year, and I'm putting a lot of different factors into this. I'm not going to put a bad game on there. If there was like, Oh, our defense balled out and pitched a shutout, like for the Raiders game. So I'm not going to put that one on there, but I think the two worst games taking in all the different factors, offense, defense, special teams, it's got to be Packers and Buccaneers. I mean, that Packers game, there was zero Viking secondary that entire time. I mean, every time. Packers Bucks? No, Vikings Packers. <laughs> Vikings Packers. And I just thought, because I was there, and. Oh, yeah. yikes. And I just thought, every time Jordan Love throws, it's literally a 20-yard pass or more. And we are doing nothing to stop it. I mean, all of these amazing guys, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, Josh Metellus, um, Akela Evans, Makai Blackman, all of these star guys aren't really making any big plays, and it's showing because we are down 33-10. So I just think, and I'm not just going to say defense, because there was a lot, of bo- a lot of bad offense. It looked like just Jaron Hall couldn't do anything the entire game. He couldn't finish drives on fourth down. We had so many opportunities in the red zone within like 10 yards of a touchdown when we could have made big plays and came back from that and hope maybe forced overtime, but we just didn't. Yep. And I noticed that Caleb Evans and Makai Blackman were getting dunked on a lot um, yeah. that past, this past season. Uh, my worst game, my, like these worst games, that last game against the Lions, like, I'm not going to put that on there, but that was a clown crap game. Like, that was just, like, there, we were the we were the Minnesota clowns that game, you know. <laughs> and it's okay. I'll be a clown with the team because I just love this team. I'll, I'll um, 
I just this team is what they call ride or die, you know, and that's what the fans will be for this team. The seats are still filled. What I want to say is the worst game, probably the Vikings Bears game, uh, week twelve. Yeah, uh, that was and my then third. The Vikings Packers game. Those were definitely the two worst games, in my opinion, of the season. And I think my second one was the Buccaneers game to start out the season. We just couldn't get things going. I mean, we had so many turnovers. We had so many things going wrong for us. I mean, Jordan Addison had a nice long touchdown, first of his career, uh, first of many of his career. But, like, nothing was really working, and we were turning the ball over a lot, and we weren't able to really – and defensively, it looked like this – really like oh this Brian Flores scheme that's going to be so amazing and it ended up being really amazing it just hadn't developed yet and it hadn't really started working and it was just not fun to watch yeah it wasn't it wasn't but what I do want to say is I was there for that Vikings Bucks game I was at the game super thrilled to be in US Bank Stadium again but what I do want to say is we easily could have won that game like 24 to 10 or something like that because we were up, we were up seven, you know, the Bucks get three, Vikings are up seven, three, we're going down to score, and then we can't score our touchdowns, so we just kick a field goal, it's 10-3, the Bucks go up and tie it, 10-10, that's easily, a, that's easily a 14-3 lead that you should have had, and then, um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes said in his documentary, well, in not his documentary, but in the quarterback documentary, he said that it's crazy how seven points is so much more different than three points, and it really is, and you could have easily had a 14-3 lead. The Bucks go down and said they make it 10-10, right? Vikings are going down. Justin Jefferson, huge catch and run, first down and more. Could have had a touchdown, so he got tripped up. Um, was He was kind of hitting himself on the helmet because he was mad about it. And the next play, an interception, you know. And then Justin Jefferson, I'm pretty sure this was this was out of anger, but he – he what he went up he goes up and he decks the guy while he's running yeah. you know um was which was kind of which was kind of fun which was, it was kind of fun to watch but um I'm glad they were both okay but that's easily a seventeen to ten lead you could have had and then the Bucks score seventeen to ten then we score kind of a fluky touchdown with Alexander Madison then the Bucks go down and kick a field goal and bam they win twenty to seventeen we could have easily won that game 24 to 10. We could have easily won that game 21 to 10, maybe even 21 to 3, 24 to 3. Um, we should have easily scored over 20 points this game. We should have easily blown out the box. Yeah. We should have easily capitalized off of every chance we got. And the fact that we didn't do that shows how much that can really affect you in the long run. Because if you had only won a couple of these games, then you would have been in the playoffs. But it's also crazy. We, we always win games or at least have a better chance of winning games when we win the turnover battle or when it's neutral. Oh, yes. We, when we lose the turnover battle, we either have a terrible chance or we or we automatically lose the game. And I think besides all of the injuries that happened, because at the end of the year, we had 11 pretty big-name players on IR. What was the main problem this team like was having that caused us to go 7-10? and 10? Um, should I say, should I, like, am I allowed to say injuries? I mean, but, like, besides that. Okay, all right. Um, then, I'm not going to say coaching, although Kevin O'Connell has had his missteps before, and that's, oh, yeah. you know, we all have missteps. But I'd say turnovers, you know, just turnovers, um, not capitalizing off of the chances that we get. 
And looking, I think, yeah, my mine one for that is turnovers. They played a huge part in our record. It was very hard for us to re- retain that momentum when it was unclear if we could finish and get a touchdown. And moving on to next season in the off season, looking ahead, if you were the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, what would your plan of action be to get the Minnesota Vikings back to a competitive team? Well, first of all, I know I'm not actually the GM, but I'd rather be an analyst for the team. You know, yeah. Um, I think if I got selected as GM, I think I'd, I think I'd pass out from anxiety. You know. <laughs> or from not from anxiety, from pressure, because you know, just GM is a pretty uh, stressful job at times. But what I would do, what I said a bit earlier in this offseason, at least our offseason, um, was to re sign Kirk Cousins for a team friendly deal, uh, for like two years and then draft the quarterback, you know, like Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, Michael Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, uh, Drake May, uh, just guys like that, and then like one of those guys, and then have them sit behind Kirk Cousins, and then when oh, yeah, Kirk's contract with the too. Vikings is done, then you just um you 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 bring the rookie out and he starts that quarterback because Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith, and look at how they're turning out. You know Jordan Love was doing good for a while. Until he beat the Cowboys, I'm so glad the Cowboys lost, and then I'm so glad the Packers lost after that. But what I do want to say is, I think it's good to sit behind a a quarterback for a year or two. It's 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 good to get that fresh knowledge. And Kirk seems like that guy that wants to help. He he's oh, open yeah. to helping a rookie. I open, think he yeah he went out and said. And I I said exactly what you said for the quarterback thing. I mean, it's it's so foolproof. And all you really need is a good team around you or at least a decent team around you. Because what the Chiefs had, they were a wild card exit with Alex Smith. Kelsey was really good, but like he hadn't he hadn't gotten to his full potential. Tyree yeah, Kill like he, hadn't, he hadn't become Kelsey yet. Yeah. And Tyree Kill was a fast punt returner, but they didn't use him as receiver. And then all everybody else was kind of just average. But then Patrick Mahomes came in. He added that swagger to it that Patrick Mahomes has. He was able to just ball out, do what he does. Same with all these other guys. I hate to say it, but Jordan Love had a heck of a quote-unquote rookie season for the first year he got the start. And, I mean, it's it's got to work. No matter who we take, as long as he's not a like Johnny Manziel type guy where he does all this bad stuff and is out of the league in three years. Like, I don't think it can fail if we do take a guy. And then for, I think for on defense, the rest of offense is pretty all right at this point. Beef up that D-line in free agency in the draft. I mean, Christian Wilkins is a type of guy that we could get. We could, I'm hoping we draft a defensive tackle in the second round and then also sign a top 10 corner in free agency because that's definitely kind of a big part that's, not really worked on our team. And then obviously the big one, if Harrison Smith retires, sign his replacement. Is that sign Antoine Winfield Jr. Come on, Vikings, yes. do it. Yes. Antoine Winfield, please. I have please. seen in the last few days that there's been a lot of that Minnesota is one of the teams that could really could really go to the yeah, he could re- he could really go there. I mean the Minnesota alum 
me being a Gopher fan, I mean, I love the guy, and he's a he's a great player. He got his All Pro this year. He's been balling out. So I want to thank you very much for coming on to Skull Football Talk Show. It was amazing to chat with you about your experiences being on all the shows, touring the facility, and then talking about the 2023 season. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, JJ Vikings. It was so great. Thank you so much.